Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's Sermon on the Mount teaching in Matthew 5, 31-37, called The Law of the King 2. We're in the Sermon on the Mount, and we are doing a part two, and we're going to read the text together. We're going to read verses 17 through 20 to reset the foundation. If you're able to stand with us, why don't you stand, and then we're going to read the section uh, that's next ahead of us, which is verses 31 through 37. Matthew 5, beginning in 17. Jesus is speaking. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets, Matthew 5, 17. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Skipping down to verse 31. It was said, whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity or sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil." Well, Lord, you preach this sermon, so we want to have ears to hear what our king says to us. I believe this is about not only the fulfillment of the law, but about kingdom priorities and kingdom ethics. And we want to see what our king has to say. So would you help us to tune in and to hear your voice beyond the voice of a man? We know your word is living and powerful. It will do its work. The one requirement is that we simply be good soil, that we Receive it by faith, so help us to do that. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. You can have a seat. The Law of the King, part two, the famous Sermon on the Mount. I mentioned in the prayer, this is the longest recorded sermon in the New Testament that Jesus gave, and Jesus has addressed two things so far to bring clarity to what we would know as the Torah. In the Hebrew picture language, Torah or the law, means to hit the mark. Sin means to miss the mark. The Torah is to hit the mark. But we all have missed the mark many, many times. And so the question becomes, how are we to understand what Jesus is saying about our relationship in our contemporary moment as New Testament believers, for all of you who have believed in Messiah and Christ, what is our relationship to the law? How are we to understand Jesus' sermon and make sense of it? 
Questions like, if Christ fulfilled the law, is any of it still applicable to us or to me or my family? If so, what parts and why? What does the king have to say about this and how can I understand it? We've done this before. We've taught through the book of Romans and Galatians and other places, but I want to reiterate the foundation so that we all make sure we've got the right foundation. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law in two primary ways. One, he fulfilled the ceremonial or ritual law. And you say, what's that, Pastor Michael? That is the sacrificial system recorded in the Old Testament. You can think of the book of Leviticus. You can think of other places where sacrifices are outlined in the Bible. You can even think of the feast of Passover when the lambs were killed and their blood was shed. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the ceremonial or sacrificial system. If you're taking notes, you might want to write that down. He fulfills that to the full. It's paid in full. There's no more temple in Jerusalem. There's no more animal sacrifices going on. And there is no need for any more animal sacrifices. In fact, the book of Hebrews, the writer says, if you go back to those things, the blood of bulls and goats, they can never take away your sin. And there will not be a sacrifice for your sin if you go back to the old things. They've been fulfilled. The temple fell in AD 70. It hasn't been rebuilt again. There's no sacrifices going on. And there's no need for any more sacrifices. Key verses. Hebrews 10.10 and Hebrews 10.14 say this. Essentially paraphrasing this idea. Christ by his one sacrifice has forever perfected all of his people. One sacrifice for all time, for all of us. Amen? Amen. It's paid in full. God is no longer counting your sins against you. They've been nailed to the cross. Praise the Lord. We don't need those sacrifices. We We don't need to keep redoing it over and over again. It happened once. It's paid in full. Secondly, Jesus fulfills the moral law. How so? Jesus lived the perfect life that we could never live. He perfectly loved God and others the way that we're supposed to. He morally fulfilled the law. Therefore, Christ is the living example of what it means to live out the Torah, to live out the law, to hit the mark. And something that Jesus has done for us, and this is where I would say we still have responsibility to the Lord, is he's provided his spirit now so we can fulfill the law. I want to show you one key verse. It's in Romans, which is a little bit to your right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. If you don't want to turn there, just write it down. This is Romans 8, 1. Paul has been talking about the law. He's been talking about the gospel, righteousness by faith, all of those things that many of us are familiar with. And he's talking about his personal relationship to the law, even though he knows that he's fallen short of it. He says these famous words, Romans 8, 1. He says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh. It wasn't the, the law wasn't the problem. It's that I am weak, we are weak. God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law, note it, might be fulfilled in us 
who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to what? To the Spirit. Now, the first fruit of the Spirit is love, and now you and I have the ability to fulfill the moral dictates of the law, which are simply this, to love God with everything that we are and to love people the way that we're supposed to love them. And we get the empowering presence of the Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to send the helper to you. It's to your advantage that I go away. He did the ransom for us. He resurrected for us, justified us. And then he sent help from heaven so that we can fulfill the law. If you flip over just a few pages to Romans 13, you can see a good statement on this fulfillment. He's talking about uh, our relationship with others, 13.8 Romans. He says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this, verse 9, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder. Those are two things Jesus brought up in the first sermon we studied. You shall not steal, you shall not covet. If there's any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is, mark it, the fulfillment of the law. Now that's written to a New Testament church in Rome who's called upon to fulfill the law, not by the flesh, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we're all gonna fall short of that, but hopefully we're moving in the right direction. Jesus fulfilled the ceremonial law, the ritual law. Let me, as you turn back to the Matthew 7 for a moment, let me just say something else about a few other laws that we can think of that were not moral per se. Think of, for example, the covenant of circumcision given to Abraham in the book of Genesis. That was supposed to be a perpetual covenant. Well, that was the symbol that fulfills the spiritual reality. Now we are circumcised where? In our hearts. Now there are Jewish people and there are other people who still, still practice circumcision, but God's concern is not the physical sign but the circumcision of the heart. That's where a, a law or a covenant is fulfilled from a symbol to a spiritual reality. Take, for example, the Sabbath day. When people argue, are God's people still under the law, the Ten Commandments, let's say, in the modern age? The one that comes up the most is the Sabbath day. And some people will say, if you don't worship on a, sab a Saturday, or technically a Friday night to a Saturday night, you're breaking a commandment. But from the physical sign to the spiritual reality, Jesus is our Sabbath. Amen? He fulfills the Sabbath. He is Lord of the Sabbath. Now, if you want to worship on Saturday, that's not a problem. In the book of Romans, Paul will say some people esteem one day above another, whatever. That's fine. But they are not salvation issues. The Sabbath has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ, who is our rest. Amen? So that, those are a couple other examples as well. So what is our relationship now to the Sermon on the Mount? In Matthew seven twelve, I gave you a key verse that is really a synonymous way of saying what Jesus said in Matthew 22. What did Jesus say in Matthew 22? That love is the fulfillment of the law, that the law and the prophets hang on two commands, to love God and love your neighbor. This is a synonymous way to say it. It's found in Matthew seven twelve. A very key verse to Mark. In everything, Matthew 7, 12, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, simply put, 
That's just another way to say love people the way you want to be loved. You've been listening to the Walk in Truth program. Hey, listen, family, Pastor Michael here. Hey, I wanted to just take a moment to celebrate something that the Lord has done, and he's done it through you. Those of you who pray, those of you who give, we are now adding a radio station in San Diego. It is 106.1 FM and 1210 AM K-Praise, and we are now adding a morning drive time at 5 AM, 5 a.m. Monday through Friday, and we're going to be on Sunday mornings at 6.30 a.m. And we are so grateful for all of you who have been praying, those of you who have become have become Walk in Truth partners. We've walked through a new door, and we want to walk through more. So if you want to learn more about how to partner with us, it's walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. But we just wanted to say a big thank you and give glory to God for this new radio station. I pray the Lord does wonderful things through it in His name. Amen and amen. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth financial partners. And be sure to check out our Walk in Truth app available in your app store. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. For this is the law and the prophets. Now, simply put, that's just another way to say love people the way you want to be loved. We all want to be treated with love. Amen. We all want to be treated with respect. Now, in Matthew 23, 23, one more key verse, and then we'll come back to the text. I want to show you one more thing. We touched on this last time, but I believe that Jesus is giving us categories to understand uh, layers of love, if you will. Look at Matthew 23, 23. He's uh, addressing the hypocritical religious leaders of the day, the scribes and the Pharisees, and he says, woe to you, 23, 23, Scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, actors. For you tithe mint and dill and cumin. You're good tithers. You fast, he says in other places, but you've neglected the weightier provisions of the law. What are they? Justice, category one. I would argue that justice, he's already touched on when he brought up murder and adultery in Matthew chapter five. Let let me walk this out for a second. Jesus said, you've heard that it said it was said you shall not murder, but I say don't hate because hate is murder of the heart, if you will. So Jesus gives us, this is another way that he fulfills the law. He gives us the fullness of what it means. He fills in the shell of the phoniness of the religious leadership. The word fulfill could have the idea of a vessel being filled up with water or let's say grain or a net with fish. And in another sense, Jesus is fulfilling or showing us the depth of the law. He's saying this is what the law is all about. Murder could be committed in hatred in your heart. Now, it's not the same thing. You don't say, well, I hated the person, so I might as well kill him. No, Jesus is not saying that. All right. But he is saying on a spiritual level in your heart, you've broken a command by hating. He says adultery is lust. If you lust after another person's spouse, you've committed adultery where? In your heart. Now, lust is not the same as the physical act of adultery. But on a spiritual plane, it's still the breaking of a commandment. I want you to think about categories in Matthew 23, 23. We're going to imagine words and we're just going to draw kind of a little uh, lines down to get the categories. 
what, what love is all about, what the law is all about is justice. None of us want to be treated unjustly. None of us want to be murdered. None of us want a family member murdered, and nor do I want anybody hating me in their heart. None of us want someone to sleep with our spouse, nor do we want someone lusting after our spouse. Amen? We want to be treated justly and fairly. Category number one in Matthew 23, 23, linking to the Sermon on the Mount. Now, I want you to see the second category. It's mercy. That will come at the end of Jesus' sermon, which will be for next time. Notice the third category is faithfulness. Now, faithfulness will deal with the next two issues. And I know I'm giving a lot to you, but let me just try to slow down and set this up. As Jesus is bringing up these issues, he's covering six things. He covered murder and adultery. In this particular section, this is not by my choice, by the way. This is Jesus' sermon. He deals with divorce and oaths or vows that people take. And Jesus is going to address the topic, look at Matthew 23, 23, of faithfulness. That's the broader category. Love is about justice, mercy, and faithfulness. This is a good way to walk out layers of what love means. Love is not, back to Matthew 5, necessarily a feeling. We all enjoy the feelings, and it's wonderful to have feelings of love. But love is a decision... Love is how you treat people. You can tell somebody all day long that you love them, but if you treat them poorly, they shouldn't believe you because you've demonstrated in your actions and perhaps even in some of your words that you don't really love them. Love is how you treat somebody. That's how Jesus can tell us, love your enemy, And you can still love them. You might not have the feelings, but you can still treat them with dignity and respect. You may lack feelings for a spouse at this moment or a family member or someone who's a friend or a business partner or a neighbor, but you can still treat them with dignity even if the feelings aren't there. That's what Jesus says is the law and the prophets. And he says, by the help of the Holy Spirit, whom he would send, we will have the help from heaven to do what he says. You've heard it said, but I say to you, I want to know what my king has to say to me. And after setting that foundation that he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill, he gets into murder, to adultery, and now to divorce. And I would say to you that these are all interlinked, but the broader category is faithfulness. Why did Jesus go here? This isn't one of the Ten Commandments, although there's implications from adultery and not coveting someone else's wife. Why did he go here? In verse 31 of Matthew 5, let's read the verse. He says, it was said, or you've heard that it was said, or maybe you hear this round town or in the rabbinical circles of academia. Whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. Maybe you've heard this. And what is this based on? This is one section in the Old Testament. If you're taking notes, it's Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4. This is the only place where we find this in the Old Testament. And this idea of a certificate of divorce was being addressed by two schools of rabbis, two uh, strains, if you will, or 
uh, teachings of rabbinic schools. This would just be like famous rabbis of the day who wrote on this. One was a school of Hillel, H-I-L-L-E-L, and one was a school of Shammai, S-H-A-M-M-A-I. The school of Hillel said this, if your wife over-seasons your food, over-salts your eggs, undercooks your eggs, or if you find another woman that's more desirable to you, you may divorce your wife. Basically, for any reason at all, all you need is a certificate, which you can get on the internet, <laughs> for $9.99, right? Now, you all know the internet wasn't around there at that time because Al Gore hadn't invented it yet. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So you get this certificate, and what would happen? This is my understanding of how they would do it. The guy would take the certificate. He would take it to his rabbi. Let's say it's Rabbi Hillel. Rabbi Hillel would say, what's the problem? Oh, well, I don't like the way she looks anymore, and she doesn't cook my food right. And he would stamp the certificate, if you will, and the guy would go home and say, honey, bye-bye. You've been listening to The Law of the King 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's Sermon on the Mount teaching in Matthew 5, 31 through 37. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We would also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teachings today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, the Sermon on the Mount certainly covers a lot of difficult stuff. We've moved from murder, hatred in our hearts, to adultery and lusting in our hearts, to now... Uh, vows and divorce and man these are these are some tough areas aren't they because they affect a lot of people and our understanding of these passages and our understanding of what God wants what his law really means is important and maybe you're in a situation right now where you know you you're in a very difficult marriage and maybe you've even been thinking about getting out of that marriage and you might be wondering well you know what do I do? How does the Bible guide me here? Maybe you would say my spouse is even using scripture to back up their bad behavior. You know, scripture does never back up bad behavior. And if someone's trying to use scripture to throw their weight around, then they don't know the essence of the law. Because the essence of the law, my friend, my brother, my sister, calls upon you to love God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. And if ever there was a neighbor, in quotes, it's your spouse. So God forgive us if we somehow can compartmentalize our thinking and treat Christ's bride shabbily or our bride shabbily or both in the case of if you're married and you're doing this because she belongs to him and she is married to you. You know, marriage is a sensitive topic and there's a lot of, you know, sometimes we might say even convoluted teaching on it. 
And I will tell you this, because of the complexity of a lot of situations and marriages, the best thing that you could do if you're in a tough spot is make sure you go to the leadership of your local church. You need to get some individual attention so that those leaders can apply scripture to your situation. And I'll just say this, in the end, what really is going to help is humility. If two people want to make things right, and I'm talking about two people, right? And if it's only one, then maybe let it start with you. But humility will knock down the walls. And so my prayer for you is that you'll get some help. And if we can help you in any way, we have a number that you can call Tuesday through Friday, 9 to 4 Pacific time. It's 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. I just want to say on behalf of our entire uh, church and radio team, a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving to all of you. So grateful that you listen to this broadcast and partner with us. This is Pastor Michael Lance. Happy Thanksgiving. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. See you tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 5, 31 through 37, called The Law of the King 2. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.